Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everybody. It's Shep Hyken here. We're back with another episode of Amazing Business Radio. We have a great guest today. It's Michelle McCarthy, the global head of customer success at Unit 4, which is a software company. We are going to learn how their company creates an amazing customer experience. A couple of quick announcements before we dive into the interview. If you have a story about amazing customer service that you would like to share, please reach out to me on any of the social media channels. If you have a question about customer service and experience, please do the same and use the hashtag Ask Shep. I'll either answer the question there in the social channel, uh, on my newsletter, on this show, or perhaps on my TV show, which is Be Amazing or Go Home. Episodes can be found on Amazon Prime, Roku, Apple TV, and you can go to beamazing.tv. That's beamazing.tv. All right, let's get into the interview. Michelle, welcome to the show. Hey, Chef. Thanks so much for having me. Well, I'm excited because every once in a while we get to talk to somebody that's actually doing what it is that we talk about doing. <laughs> and, and we get a lot of executives like yourself on the show, but we get a lot of authors and thought leaders. And, and I love getting the people that are in the trenches doing it day in and day out. I just want to give everybody a quick little summary of what Unit 4 is about. Uh, you're a software company. Uh, you sell the enterprise size clients, and you specialize in the finance and uh, HR world. Uh, you want to elaborate on that just a bit? Yeah, sure. Unifor, you know, we're a cloud leader in enterprise software for really the mid-market people-centered organizations. So, you know, we would be focusing on um, financials, procurement, project management, HR, and financial planning and analysis tools, and really all aimed at the end of the day, Chef, at making sure that our um, our, our experiences that the information that our software is providing is really fostering innovation and allowing organizations to be more productive and saving time for their customers. Right, right. In other words, we want to make them more successful. Absolutely. Which leads me to the next question, which is your title, Global Head of Customer Success. So a lot of people, when I'm talking to them about customer success, they mix it up with customer service, customer experience. They refer to it in other ways. What's your definition of customer success? Yeah, Chef, customer success to me is really just putting the, the customer at the heart of all that you do. Um, I'm really charged with making sure that the customer experience strategy extends across our entire organization. So um, we want to make sure that we're, we're delivering exceptional outcomes for, from our products and our services to our end customers. And it's all about amplifying that voice, making sure you're bringing it back into the organization to deliver the best outcomes possible. So really, your definition of customer success is an overarching view of the experience. It's not like the customer success department that onboards a customer into your software, although that could be part of it. Absolutely. It's got to be both that um, inside-out perspective and lens as well as that outside-in. So you need to be taking both things into account, customer strategy customer experience. Yeah. So a lot of companies, as I mentioned, they have this customer success department and their sole responsibility is to make sure that the customer is successful with the software. It's typically a software company that they sell. However, I like your definition perhaps a little better because it's broader because we want our customers to be successful in every aspect of their business, not just with our software. 
Our software helps them be more successful. I say our, your software. Yeah. I'm already part of the team. I want to make sure I get compensation, benefits. Uh, what's the 401k look like? Perfect. Yeah, you've got that. Good. I'll send it to you afterwards. But, but seriously, I like the idea of let's just make our customers more successful with what we can do for them. And we want the experience to, you know, add to making them successful with our program and our product. But uh, anyway, I love that. So what about the customer experience industry gets you most excited? Yeah, I think it's just the the tangible impact that you can really have on, on your customer. You see that in your day-to-day engagement, whether you're on a business review call with them and you're talking about what important strategic pillars they've got coming up this year, or whether it, you know, you're telling them about new innovation that's coming in your product. And I just, I enjoy those conversations. I enjoy learning more about uh, their, you know, the areas that they need to amplify within their business. You know, I like understanding their pain points, their jobs from their perspective so that we can provide really the best experience overall to them. That's yeah, what gets more Right. So uh, I know you're big into what you refer to as human-centric CX. So I'm going to veer off of, I mean, everybody knows who's been watching or listening to the show that I get a set of talking points. Sometimes I'm even lucky and get a bunch of questions from our guests, which you've provided both talking points and guests. I'm going to go off script if that's okay. And, and, you know, the whole idea of human centric CX design, I mean, you're keeping the human involved. Tell me what your thoughts are on this whole new big chat GPT thing. The whole uh, artificial intelligence managing an experience for you. I was actually just having a conversation about this earlier today about how amazing it would be as we're looking uh, really to be able to scale a lot of the aspects of customer success management. You know, we have a very traditional model in terms of the way we work with our customers, right? So there's a portion of customers that have a CSM or a customer success manager that's assigned to their business, works with them day in and day out. And then we have other customers that are more on kind of an automated digital type of experience, right? We're, We're really scaling kind of that long tail, if you will. I think, wouldn't it be amazing if success plans, which are what we use with our customers to truly understand their goals and objectives and their key performance indicators and really know if we are hitting on their key milestones, their programming, what if you could automate that? What if you could automate that in a way that it's still truly valuable to them through chat GDP um, functionality and actually be able to deliver on those success plans in an automated way that still feels truly personalized? Um, it would it would not only uh, be a great benefit to the customer, but it'd be a great benefit in terms of time savings for a lot of the CSMs so they could focus on other details of working with the customers. So I love that. Just just one thought on that. But um, yeah, I think it's going to totally revolutionize the way that we work. Yeah, I, I think anytime you digitize an experience, whether it's with the most recent, exciting chat GPT type level uh, interactions or something that goes far back, uh, you know, five, 10 years ago, just have a good knowledge base on your website where people can go and get answers to the frequently asked questions or video tutorials. Um, I've got my new stats and facts that are coming out in my 2023 uh, state of customer service and experience report. But last year, 71% of customers said they'd be willing to go digital if if it's easy to use, it's frictionless, it's intuitive. Um, and I love that idea, but I still believe in the human touch. And I think you do as well. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it has to be there. I think, um, you know, one other thought off what you were just saying is, you know, we have a pretty robust customer community where customers can come in and they can 
find different knowledge articles, chat peer-to-peer. -peer. I think that's another place where we could see a lot of that technology being expanded to provide that experience. So, no, great question. I love that. Yeah. So, and just staying with the topic for a moment, because it is like the hottest thing. I don't think I, I every day I read 20 plus articles that I have all these little um, Google uh, alerts that bring up all these articles. And so many of them are focused on this. Do you believe, uh, I mean, I, I'm, I'm learning. I just beta tested a product. I put 700 of my articles that I've written over the last, I don't know how many years, I just dumped it into this big file. And I started asking myself questions. <laughs> I say myself asking questions of the answer. It was amazing. I mean, do you feel, I mean, there's obviously there's room for both digital and human, but do you think this is going to cause a loss in the contact center for jobs? Do you think it's, uh, I'm, I'm asking you as an executive, put your long range thinking hat on, you know, what's the future look like for the contact center? That is a, that's a good question. Um, I don't think it's going to ever fully replace the human piece. I think we've, we've got to have that, but I think what it can do is start to shift the types of activities that the humans can, can focus on in a much more editorial way, right. To elevate it. It's going to help um, just allow them to have more time. And I think be more productive in other areas where they can continue to increase that experience. So. Yep. My standard line is video didn't kill the radio star. I do not believe that digital experiences are going to kill the contact center live human to human relationships, which is a lot of what you're focused on, which is the, you know, the whole, whole human centric CX design. And, uh, you know, let's talk about that when we come back from a break. But right now we're going to hear about Text Expander, which is our sponsor for this month and next month's uh, Amazing Business Radio. Don't go away. Let's talk about Text Expander, a tool that allows your team to eliminate repetitive typing with just a few keystrokes. Anything you type over and over, such as customer responses, will be at your team's fingertips so they have the power to do what they do best, just faster. Quickly reply to emails and chats from a library of responses that you create, completing answers to common questions and issues. Your entire team stays on the same page with the same common responses that can be personalized on the fly. And it's simple to use. Type commonly used content into a text expander snippet and give it an abbreviation of just a few letters and symbols. Share the snippet with the team. When you type the abbreviation, it triggers the snippet and the content expands anywhere you type, including email, chat, or social media. It's that easy. Just go to www.textexpander.com to learn more about this amazing and productive tool. Sign up for a year and get 20% off. Listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert Shep Hyken. We are back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Michelle McCarthy, the global head of customer success at Unit Four, giving her take on what's going on in this world of of customer service and experience, what success really means. We talked a little bit about chat GPT. Now I want to really dive in deeper into the whole concept of the human uh, centric CX design. I mean, human to human is really important. Understanding people, getting the feedback from people, not just watching numbers and data. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I, you know, in, in human centric CX design, you know, it's really all about companies needing to speak with their customers regularly, which 
you know, it's going to go beyond triggering just a survey, kind of a once and done type approach. It's really where, you know, you're not just asking a few surface level questions, but you are looking to deeply understand customer use cases, you know, where they're benefiting from the product and any of the barriers or pain points that they're experiencing. Um, you know, you want to bring all the data analysis together and be able to really have that customer input so that um, not only are you bringing them into, um, you know, the feedback loop, but you're also bringing them right into the design process. So I, you know, I firmly believe that when you bring customers that are engaged in your software, that they're utilizing and adopting it, um, it that they have a willingness and ability to help shape great outcomes for you as a, as a company. And that's really the best recipe for success. So how do you do that? Do you invite them uh, to the office? Do you go out and meet with them? Do you have a conference? What's the way do you get these these customers together to get their opinions? Yeah, I, you know, I think there's a, a number of different ways that we at Unit 4 apply a human-centric design process and research methodology. So, um, you know, really we look at, we've got customer advisory boards. So in, in North America in particular, we have some customer advisory boards stood up across all different industries where we're garnering feedback from customers. We also have some user groups stood up. So you're actually meeting with customers one-on-one -on -one and talking with them and understanding, you know, how they're utilizing the software. And you make sure you bring key stakeholders into those meetings across the organization. So product, R&D, customer success, of course, um, to facilitate those conversations. We do also do a lot of um, surveying. So, you know, surveying that might happen either post-implementation of the software. So right after they've implemented it, they've gotten, you know, up to speed and now they're going to have that, that quick time to value, hopefully. Um, and also kind of all throughout their journey, we do different surveys. Can I talk to you a little bit about surveys? I know that's not on the yeah. list of things uh, for us to talk about, but what's in your eyes or mine, the perfect survey and how long should it be? How many questions? When's the right time to send it out? I just did part of my research this year. We did a whole section on surveys. Yeah. Uh, now they're more consumer focused and you're B2B, but I think that the numbers, even if they're different, the concept behind why people think the way they are, are essentially the same. Yeah, I, I mean, I think about myself as a customer and when I get engaged from a survey perspective, it's usually after I've had some sort of an experience, right? So I've I've flown, I've just purchased something on Amazon, I've uh, just purchased something at Nordstrom and they want a review from me. And so, you know, I think about the timeliness of those surveys um, and that generally they are easy to take. They're one to two questions at most and they're pretty um, non-invasive. So what we try to do also when we deliver surveys to customers are a quick hit after they've experienced something. So we've closed your support ticket. How was your experience? Um, you know, we've been working with you now for six months and you know, you, you've gotten used to our software and you're utilizing it. Tell us, would you be willing to recommend us to a uh, peer or colleague? So those are the types of surveys that we send out now. We always want to follow up off of those to help close the loop and better understand, you know, where things either were rated highly or not rated so highly. How are we going to improve that experience? And that's that's really the golden, the golden nugget, if you will, of the survey process is actually understanding the key feedback and being able to bring it back to the organization to take action. Right. So I'm going to just emphasize a couple of things for everybody listening. Surveys, keep them short. Three words or just one word, short. <laughs> short yeah. is better. And, and do you, if somebody has a support ticket and you send them a quick short survey, do you tell them it's only going to be one or two questions or it's going to take less than a minute? Do you give them that up front? I would, yeah, that I, it helps for the adoption of willingness to take the survey. 
It does. I think setting the, in anything you do, setting an expectation with the customer is important. I think, um, you know, I'm sorry, my dog's giving a little bit of a snore in the background there. I love that. By the way, <laughs> this is real. We've got remote workers in, in, and this is awesome. Michelle's working from home. She's got a wonderful two-year-old dog. She was going to ask the dog to leave. I said, no, I love dogs. Stay there. So she's like dreaming, I think. She is. Is that, is that what we're hearing? Dreaming about surveys. <laughs> <laughs> dreaming about surveys. That's what I dream about. All right. So so uh, the, the timeliness is good. You warn them, tell them it's short. And yeah. uh, if I were to do a support ticket with you today, and two weeks from now, I had another question or a problem, and I do another support ticket, am I going to get the same survey or is it going to be different? You likely would get the same survey because those are very transactional in nature. It's about the closure of your ticket and kind of the overall satisfaction with your experience. So mm -hmm. we tend to keep those pretty consistent across the board. Yeah. And do you feel like I'll give you an example? I love this company clear. I go to the airport clear. They get me through my lines faster into TSA uh, to, you know, where, where you go through the x-ray machine and the metal detector. Uh, but every time I use them, Every time I get the same survey and I stop taking the survey because sometimes if I leave on Monday and I go to the St. Louis airport where I live, I go through Tuesday, I fly to another city, I go through another clear, uh, uh, you know, uh, there, I use their service Wednesday. I use them again to go to another city Thursday. I'm flying home. I use them four times and I get four of the exact same surveys and they're doing nothing for me to like like, why is this different? Well, I'm not going to tell them anything different. It's, it's a good service. Mm -hmm. I wish they would be more specific about something related. You were just in Chicago. You were just in, you know, Denver. Can you tell us how specifically the survey or how your experience was there? That would make it better for me. I'd be more willing to do that. Uh, but yeah. they need to recognize that I fly out of St. Louis every single week. Stop with the surveys from yeah, St. Louis, yeah. you know? Uh, yeah. Anyway, I'm ranting a little bit. Let's jump to another topic. If that, unless you do, you want to follow up on anything? A comment on that? No, I mean, I, I think that the personalization piece, and I think you know, I read one of your recent um, articles around kind of what to expect in 2023 around customer experience and kind of some of the things to note, right? And I think one of the things you talked about is personalization, stroke individualization, right? And yep. it is so important for customers to feel like they are. Um, everyone wants to feel important and everyone wants to feel recognized for how they're engaging with a brand. So that's something that brands can definitely do to stand out and not just be a satisfactory experience, not just the fine haircut, right? Right. But you like that, the fine haircut. <laughs> who, wants to, who wants to walk out of a haircut with a, it was fine. No, it was fine. Yeah. I know. My haircut, I don't have to worry <laughs> about that anymore. <laughs> For those that can't visualize what I've just, I don't have hair. At least I have eyebrows that I have, but no, no, no other uh, facial or uh, I don't know, top of head hair. All right, let's jump to a great concept, customer-led growth, CLG. Uh, this is taking existing customers to help increase your business. What are you doing there? What can we learn from you on that one? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think... Uh... CLG is really all around inspiring loyalty, building trust, and raising raising the game around overall customer satisfaction. So, you know, you spoke a little bit about this, and we just talked about kind of the whole idea of your experience being satisfactory. But 
this focus is more important than ever before because customers are in this economic um, you know, environment that we're in having to really choose. They're having to tighten their belts. They're going to have to really prove out the value that they are seeing. And so, you know, how can you ensure that you're driving value without real insights and understanding of customer feedback? So again, this is a place where I think user experience design, um, you know, taking in customer feedback, whether that's through customer advisory boards, user groups, surveys, business reviews, you know, we're talking with customers day in and day out and using that really as the key jumping off point for business decisions, whether that's decisions around, you know, how you manage your software releases or you, your user design. These um, practices in turn help you drive increased NRR. They're gonna help prime the runway for expansion. They are gonna help with utilization and adoption. Um, so, you know, I think we learn just as much as we do from, you know, the positive feedback and the references that we have from customers as we do from, you know, if things aren't going well. And we really, we have to realize that in this to totally digitized um, world that, you know, the negatives can have a ripple effect impact, right? So that's why it's it's more important than ever ever before to just keep customers um, happy, satisfied, bring them into the tent in terms of helping to inform the decisions you're making as a company, and um, using them to help lead that growth engine. Yep, we are tying it all together. And uh, all the things we've talked about, bringing customers in, surveying customers, getting their opinions, uh, creating success for them and, and supporting them. But back to this whole concept of CLG, one of the questions that you mentioned in the survey earlier, you said something like, you know, an NPS type question, net promoter score, the likelihood that you'd recommend us. This is where we get into, you know, customer led growth when they are fueling your marketing engine by bringing you leads because they love you so much. No, absolutely. And I think um, you really have to utilize off the back of those types of surveys or the conversations you have in business reviews or going out in person and meeting with a customer, how you then turn that into a reference and how you utilize those references internally. But that feedback that you get through those experiences is absolutely um, paramount to bring back into the organization. Uh, you know, we have a voice of customer council at Unit 4, so it's an internal council that we use to, across all of our various disciplines, make sure that make sure that uh, the rest of the organization is aware of, you know, key feedbacks that we're getting. We look at them across different work streams, right, whether those are product work streams or those are service work streams, and we bring those into action through um, different initiatives that we bring forward in the company. So these, all of these customer feedbacks, regardless of uh, the mechanism they're coming in from are helping to fuel those actions that we take. Yep. And when you do ask that NPS question on the scale of zero to 10 or however you want to numerically rate it, uh, what's the likelihood that you recommend it? So I'm going to put my sales hat on for just a moment. If somebody gives you a nine or a 10, they're a promoter and they're saying they'd recommend you, salespeople, pick up the phone and call the people that gave you the score and say, who are these people you'd recommend us to? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Which is great. All right, let's wrap it up with my one thing question. Is there one last nugget of wisdom that you want to share with us today related to anything we've talked about, or maybe it's something outside of what we've talked about? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, well, thank you again so much for having me, Shep. I mean, I think we've gotten to cover a, a wide variety of different areas, but I think the biggest thing I guess I would leave everyone with is Customer experience is something that's owned by everyone in the organization. Boom. That's big. That's big. Um, regardless of role, having a truly customer-centric culture at the core 
is what's going to help fuel better employer retention. Uh, it's going to help uh, fuel better retention with our customers and making sure that everybody understands what the role they play in that's key. So I love that. So everybody, if you didn't get it, listen to it again here. Customer experience. It's like not a department. It is the philosophy. It's in the culture. It fuels the employee experience, which is really important. We didn't even talk about that. But what's happening on the inside of an organization is felt on the outside by the customer. This is why we call this Amazing Business Radio. Michelle McCarthy, Global Head of Customer Success at Unit 4. Thank you so much for being a great guest today. Thank you so much for having me, Chef. Really enjoyed our conversation. It was fun. All right, everybody, that wraps it up. Another episode of Amazing Business Radio. I want to say thank you again to Text Expander, our sponsor. And until next week, this is Chef Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Thank <laughs> you.